songs like that remind you. And it's not just a song. People say, well, you can't just believe in a song, but songs that are got some scripture base in them, you know. You're going to make it. You can make it. The Lord wouldn't have teased us with the thought of seeing him one day and then snatched it away or boarded it up where we couldn't find it. As a matter of fact, he told his disciples, he said, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. And when they still had questions about that, he, they said, well, where, how, what? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we've got access today into a better life, a better world. And I believe, I didn't know they were doing this song today. I asked my wife, I said, where's my schedule at? And we couldn't, I didn't have it up here with me. And uh, so I didn't know what they were going to sing. And, uh, but this goes right with the word. I believe the Lord wanted us to preach today. So I'll be as brief as I can, but as thorough as I can. And I believe God's going to speak to our heart in this, this place today. 1 Thessalonians 5, and verses 1 and 2. Again, thank you for all of our visitors that are here. We love you, appreciate you being with us, and hope that you'll come back to, to join us again. And thank you, choir and music, for doing just a tremendous, what a, what a tremendous job leading us into worship this morning and getting us ready for the word. I appreciate that today. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 and 2. Apostle Paul wrote here, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. And I want to preach on that last line for just a little bit, a thief in the night. Would you pray with me? Pray for me, and let's pray for the lesson together. Lord, we thank you for a marvelous presence that we feel. We thank you for wonderful promises that we're going to see you one day. But God, right now, let an anointing flow in this house. And yeah, Lord, let our hearts be ready for your word. Anoint these lips of clay, God, to speak to your people today. And God, let our hearts be good ground for the seed of your word. God, we do want to be ready for that great day. So we ask that you bless today in Jesus' name. And everyone would say amen. Could you give the Lord a hand clap and a shout before you're seated? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's coming again. He's coming back. You can be seated. God bless you. There are many events in our lives that we certainly do not want to miss. Special happenings that we look forward to as people, humans. Weddings. Got some of those coming up. Sometimes it's even the proposal, the engagement. Uh, births of children, birthdays. Then anniversaries, graduations. You know, anything that we deem special and we, we count it an honor, we mark things, you know, 25 years, 50 years, we, we set increments and we, we kind of, I think, tag that special 
emotion to it, but it could be anything, even historic events that maybe we would love to witness. You know, in this century alone, there's been so many events that have happened that uh, uh, some, even before our time in the last couple of centuries that we read about in history and think, man, it would have been great to see that, but I remember watching the first space shuttle launch. You know, it was a great historic event, and some of you were alive when uh, great figures in our country maybe were, you know, they were assassinated or inaugurated into office. And, and so there's many historical events that we may not catch on to or we may not see. We're like, oh, I wish I had have seen that. I wish I hadn't have missed that. And, and even uh, with some of these other things that we schedule, the fact is that life will cause us uh, sometime to miss even the most special of events, even when we plan to be there. You think, hey, I'm, I'm getting married today. I'm on the way to the church. Your car blows up. And at 4 o'clock, they don't know where you are. Everybody thinks you've run. And even though there's a reason and explanation, you know, and, and it gets there, still people are like, oh, it threw a kink in the day. It did this, it did that. But, you know, eventually you get there. And you might miss a birthday and, and help us all as married people, husband or wife, not to forget anniversaries and uh, things like that, birthdays, uh, special things. We, we would feel, it would make people feel bad, and we would feel bad. We don't want to miss things, but we do. And it may cause some stormy weather at home or in a relationship for a while if that happens, but guess what? We're still here. And if the Lord wills and time goes on, we'll have another opportunity to make the next anniversary or the next birthday or whatever it is that we seem to miss. But there is one event that is surely coming. It's coming to everyone, not just the church, but every eye is going to see him. We do not, we cannot miss when Jesus Christ comes again. There will be no time once that trumpet sounds to ready ourselves. It's not a two-minute warning trumpet. It's the ready or not, I'm here trumpet. And we cannot miss this day. Church, as real as any scripture is that you can believe in, you better surely believe that Jesus is coming again. I know that our focus gets narrowed sometimes as the church. We are preaching the gospel and reaching the lost, but if we ourselves forget or if we in our preaching and teaching the gospel do not let people know, oh, and by the way, he's coming back. We are not fully equipping people to live and be ready in this world. There are too many people today that are living for God simply here but are not making plans for over there. People need to remember today and understand that Jesus is coming again. Go ahead and give him a hand. He's coming again. I cannot afford to miss that. I cannot afford uh, to not see him and be ready to meet him when he comes again. I've got to be ready. We know that he's coming. Paul said in our opening scripture, but of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you. This is something that they know. 
This is something that they understand. He said, I, really, I'm writing this, but I don't really have to write this because you understand what I'm about to tell you. And then he goes on to say in the next verse that uh, the day of the Lord, go ahead and give me verse number two, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. After the Lord has, he's written uh, about, and the Lord himself shall descend with a shout and with the trump of God, and, and he's, he's letting them know he, Jesus is coming back to get us. But you know this. I know it's repetitive, but I want to make sure, even as the church, you have not forgotten that the one you worship, that the one you pray to, that the one you ask for help from, he's coming back one day. It's not going to always be prayer. It's not going to always be fasting. It's not going to always be preaching. One day it's going to be reality. One day it's going to appear before our eyes. Jesus is coming again. The Bible says he's coming in the clouds and every eye shall see him. And we would be an incomplete church at best if we did not remember that Jesus is coming back someday. Let me tell you today, you and me both, let me remind myself and stir myself that we need to be living every day and taking every breath knowing perfectly that the Lord Jesus is on his way. You better know that when you wake up, hey, you're not promised tomorrow. And if you wake up tomorrow morning and put your feet on the floor and head out the door to your school or to your job, it's by the grace and mercy of God. But before you get there, he could come back. Before you walk out the door, before you have your first cup of coffee, honey, Jesus could come back. We need to be living every day in the light of eternity, knowing that, hey, I want to be good to people today, but I sure want to go to heaven if he comes back. I do not want to get caught up in the day-to-day and miss the most historic event that the church will ever witness. I was not there to see them crucify him. I was not there when he came out of that tomb. But dead or alive, when he comes back, I will meet him in the air. One thing that that his return will produce is two things, either resurrection or rapture. You're either coming out of the ground or going off of it, but either way, we shall all be caught up together to meet him in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hey, you know, nothing deep going on in here today, but just a reminder, the word speaks for itself, that the church of the living God, those that are blood-bought and redeemed, better be ready for the return of the Lord. The early church did all their church stuff with this in mind. Paul wrote about it several times. Peter wrote about it. They kept reminding, these are people born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, preaching, starting churches, doing missionary work, all these things, but they never let it get too far out of sight what those angels said. Why do you stand here gazing up? This same Jesus will come again in like manner. So when they would preach, they preached knowing that one day Jesus is coming back. When they traveled and were missionaries, they they went knowing that Jesus is coming back. When they made new relationships and and were discipling people, they knew, hey, we got to be urgent. We got to be quick. We can't be wasting time. We, We must redeem the time. 
because we don't know. Jesus told us out of his own mouth, you don't know the day or the hour of my return. Woo, I do not want to be caught. He's coming back like a thief in the night. You know what a good thief does? He makes a plan. The guy don't just ride down the street. A good thief just, I think I'll steal something today and go kick a door in. He's probably going to get shot, going to get caught, or he's going to be on video because everybody's got a camera on their front door now. And he's, he's not a good thief. You know what a good thief will do? He'll plan. Jesus knows. He's got a plan. He knows he's coming back one day. And he said he's going to come at a time that you think not. A good thief will watch your house, and he'll know when nobody's ready. That's when I'm coming so I can get what I'm after. And the scripture said that Jesus is coming like a thief in the night. He said, I know people sleep at night. I know people are dreaming at night. I know people are, are in other places at night. He said, I'm coming when they least expect it. But that doesn't mean we can't be ready. That doesn't mean that we can't be saved. That doesn't mean that we're not going to go. It's entirely possible to not know the day or the hour, but be out of here when it happens. Peter said this in 2 Peter 3, 10, and let's see, verse 2 Peter 3. He started off, I'm going to remember, read this because of what Brother Larry preached last week about us remembering. He starts this chapter off, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure mind by way of remembrance. He said, I've got some things that I want to remind you of. And he began to tell them how that uh, there were words spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of the apostles and Lord and Savior and, and said that in the last days there would be scoffers that would come and say, where is the promise of his coming? For since uh, the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And it's going to be people today that are living their life and they are not looking for Jesus to come back. Oh, that's way, even if they are, it's way off. Not in my lifetime. I'll be ready. I'll, I'll go to the grave ready. We don't even know when that day's coming because your life's a vapor. That appears just a little while. What are we filling our days up with to be ready? Because whether we're in the ground or on it, he's coming back. I want to make sure I'm, I'm going to the air. I want this earth to lose its hold on me. But he said, he just backs up what Paul has said in verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. That sounds scary. I don't want to miss that. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye, I'm going to say ought we, ought we to be in all holy conversation or behavior and godliness? What are we doing that we know since we know he's coming? How are we preparing for that day? Jesus said that his coming would be like it was in the days of Noah. And he said in the days that were before the flood, they had time before the flood, but what were they doing? They weren't getting ready for the flood. They weren't getting ready to get on that ark. They weren't helping out at all. They had a man preaching to them. Noah preached for 120 years while he worked on that ark, and nobody else made it. Yeah. 
Let me tell you, it's a dangerous thing to put it off. It's a dangerous thing to live like nothing's going to happen. Well, I don't believe Noah. It don't matter if you believe him or not, you're drowned. I don't believe you, preacher, that he's coming. Don't believe me, but you will miss him if you don't. Do you hear what this man's telling you today? You may not believe that Jesus is coming back. That don't change a thing. Jesus Christ is coming back one day. The Lord that we serve and worship is coming back one day. I know we preach about all kinds of things in deep revelations, but simply get this. It don't matter. None of that matters if we miss the coming of the Lord. You can preach and pray people through and baptize them, but if you miss the coming of the Lord, what did it mean? This is serious. There's a thief coming. There's a thief coming. He's not going to tell you when, but he's coming. I want to be ready. Oh, I want to be ready. How should we be living? What plans? What preparations? What daily maintenance are we doing as we look for that day? You know, we plan trips now. My wife, they'll tell you, if we ever have to go to the airport, we're always early. Also, what time we need to leave? We're taking off at 5. Let's leave at 12. That's five hours. But you know what? I ain't missing that flight. I ain't cutting it close. Well, it's only an hour and 45 minutes to the airport. Yep. And you know what? They got restaurants and places I can sit. I'll get some food and I'll sit and I'll wait. But I will not miss my plane. That, because the airport makes me more nervous than anything. I've been through them plenty of times. I've helped people get through them plenty of times. But it's always that I don't want to miss that flight. I paid for this ticket. I've invested money. I've got a trip planned. I've got a hotel waiting. I don't want to miss. Let me tell you, I've been investing. I've been investing, and I don't want to miss this flight. So I'm going to be doing it. Oh, that's unnecessary. Do you have to do that? Is it really necessary? It's necessary. Because one day he's going to show up, and I don't know when it is. I want to make sure I leave the ground. I'm telling you today, we like, I'm going to wear a crown. But before you get there, you got to take off. I want to be ready to meet him when he comes again. There are more important things than vacation or conferences or whatever we fly to, business trips, whatever. Listen, because it, I'll tell you why it's more important. We don't know the day or the hour. If you miss your flight, just shame on you. Unless your car tears up or something like that. If it's unavoidable, okay, I'll let you off on that. But, but if you just say, oh, I got time, and you stop by here and stop by there, I'm going to go shopping before I get to the airport, and you, you get so busy looking at whatever it is you're looking at, that, oh, it's, oh, I missed my plane. And you know, some people are like that. Ain't no big deal to them. I don't get it. I freak out. You ever missed your flight? We have. Spent the night in the airport on the floor in cold weather, February. Hard, cold floor. Distraught because we were supposed to be going to Israel and we'd missed our flight. We didn't know if we was going to get to go. They were trying to book us a new flight. Didn't know if they were going to do it. We thought, man, this whole trip, we're going to miss the whole trip. We didn't know what was going to happen. Thank the Lord that they got us another flight and we got to go. Guess what? Ain't no second flights. They ain't, they ain't no red-eye rapture coming. Oh, no. 
He's going to come and we're going to go. And then folks are going to be left. Ah, I want to preach. I want to build a church. I want to reach the lost. But I do not want to miss the coming of the Lord. I don't want to miss Jesus when he comes again. Because that's what it's all boiling down to. It's how will we be found when he comes again? How will we be found when he comes again? Where will we be when the Lord arrives on those clouds? Where will we be? In Matthew 24, in verse 36, he said, he's talking to his disciples. He said, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And they knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. He's coming. He's coming. In verse 40, he said, Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal, one taking the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come, but know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come. It's not being derogatory. The Lord referring to himself. He knows that he's, he's come to steal us away, steal us out of this world. He would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. And let me tell you, there is not one thing wrong with the things that were being done in the days of Noah. There is nothing wrong with people eating and drinking iced tea and water. He's not saying, oh, well, they might, they might have been drinking some of the wrong stuff, but we've got to drink. We've got to stay hydrated. Eating, drinking is fine. Marrying, giving in marriage, all that's fine. Raising families, having jobs, going to school, education, all that's fine. Having relationships, taking trips, going on vacation, all that's fine. Until the things that are being done become more important or become a distraction or become a deception that keeps you from being aware and awake for the coming of the Lord. Nothing's wrong with any of that until it starts to hinder your walk with God. When your job becomes more important than the Lord, you're in trouble. When your relationship becomes more important than the Lord, you're in trouble. When trips and vacations, playing ball, playing sports, going hunting, going fishing, any of that takes the place of the house of God, honey, you're getting yourself in trouble. I would not want to take the chance. You say, well, you silly preacher. I'm going to heaven one day. You say, well, that wasn't necessary. Maybe not, but I was ready. If I get there and found, find out, hey, that wasn't necessary, what do I care? I'm walking on streets of gold. I don't care if it wasn't necessary. But it got me there. And I'd rather... Rather live like it was than get there and find out. Listen, 
Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus is coming. If there's one thing that we've got to get in our minds and get into our hearts, is that with all our churching and all of our programs and all of our outreaching and whatever it is, all of our being good to people and doing stuff and providing, whatever we do in this life, it won't mean nothing if we miss the coming of the Lord. It's just like a, a man that buys this, that, and fills his house up with stuff, but don't protect it. And he comes home one day and everything's gone. Well, did you lock the door? No. I don't even have locks on my house. Do you have an alarm system? No. You got a big mean dog? No. I just figured it'd be fine. Oh, so many people walking around in this world today, it's just going to be fine. And I'm telling you, just as sure as he was born. See, it's like we, we, it's so easy for us to believe he was born because we read about him being born. And it's easy for us to believe he lived because we read about him living. And we believe he died. We read about it. He, he died. They, and they, you know, we, we've seen movies about that, so we know he, that's real. And then we believe he resurrected because we read about it. That's past tense, and we, like, we believe that. But, but why is it so hard to believe that he's coming? Why is it so hard for us to grasp? You know what? They, they were people in that day that were looking for the Savior, and a lot of them missed him. There was some that were, that, that one man, he, he held him, and, he, and he, Simeon looked at him, and, and he said, you can let me go now and depart in peace because I have seen the Savior. I've seen, he was holding that little baby, and he, he'd been waiting for that. He'd been waiting for it. And man, let me tell you, there better be some people today waiting for it. When I look up and see that clouds, and that blue sky full of clouds, and I'm thinking, man, whoo, it looks like you could ride on them, one if he's in them. Well, that's Oh, you just got your head in the clouds, you're daydreaming. He's coming with clouds. So I'm looking at, hey, you know what, do you know which cloud he's coming on? He's coming with clouds. So don't, don't, don't get on to me for looking around, walking around, looking up. Because I don't know which one it is. But I sure want to be ready when it appears. Whenever that shows up, I want to be ready to meet the Lord. But don't let anything stop you being ready to meet the Lord. Two in a field, working in the same field. You know what, what they didn't do back then? They didn't sow two kinds of grain in a field. They didn't mix it up. You know the story about the wheat and the tares. That field had one thing. They were all picking the same thing and working for the same man. But one was left and the other was taken. What was the difference? Somebody was ready and somebody was not. You cannot hang your hat on just where you're working. You better make sure your heart is ready to meet the Lord when he comes again. You hear what I'm saying? Two of them in the same house, grinded, working together working for the same master, doing the same job. One's taken, one's left. What's the difference? There's a house full of people sitting here today. Oh, if that trumpet sounded right now. Oh, I hope it'd be an empty room. I hope it'd be an empty room. What's the difference? Are we looking for the coming 
of the Lord. I'm telling you today that the Holy Ghost is in this room. And I know the Lord's laying this on our hearts in here today. Look up, look up, look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. We are closer today, my brothers and sisters, than when we first believed. We are closer now to the coming of the Lord than anybody else has ever been. And it is not a time to be casual and laid back, but we have got to get ourselves ready to meet the Lord in the air. Oh, would you lift your hands to him right now and just worship for a moment. Oh, uh, uh, I know it's been too long, been too long since we preached about him coming back. Uh, but we better get it in our, in our hearts and in our head. We better understand that everything we do to him is leading up to a day. Everything we're doing is leading up to that event when the Lord comes in the clouds of glory. I want to be ready to meet him. I want to be ready to meet the Lord. Mm. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, but you see, the fact is that one was taken from the field. One was taken from the grindstone. And another gospel said they were sleeping in the bed, one taken, one left. It's possible to have these things and still be ready to meet the Lord. You just keep the commandments. Love the Lord your God. That's the first commandment. With all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Put him first. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Put him first. And then everything else. The scripture tells me, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. It's not wrong to have the good things in this life. He has given us all things richly to enjoy. And I enjoy living. And I enjoy my friends and family and loved ones in my church. And I enjoy doing uh, recreational things sometimes. But I want to make sure I'm so careful that I don't let anything get between me and the coming of the Lord. I don't let nothing get between me and getting on, on that plane. You know, you can have a bag too big and you can't get on with it. And either you're going to leave the bag. Sometimes you have things in your pockets that say you can't get on with that. And you're going to either leave them or you're going to stay. And I've seen people say, well, I'm not leaving. This is an expensive uh, pocket knife that my, my grandfather, I can't leave this. I guess I won't get on the plane. And you miss your trip. And that's just something trivial. I know that. But, but let me tell you, there's a lot of people carrying things around. And you can't go with it. Lay aside every weight. Lay aside the sin. Because he's coming. I don't want nothing holding me on this ground. I don't want nothing to stop me from going to glory. There ain't nothing in this world worth missing the coming of the Lord. I'm telling you today, because we preach so many shouting messages and, and God can restore, and God can heal, and God can deliver, God can put back together and God can break every chain and, and all that's true. 
And God can wash every sin away. All that's true. God can heal every disease. All that's true. But it won't mean anything if I miss the coming of the Lord. I cannot preach a single message without that ringing in the back of my head. I'm coming soon. I'm co- you, preacher, you better give them what they need because I'm coming back. Don't just give them something to make them feel good today and then be lost tomorrow. Give them something that will get them ready. Because I'm coming back to get a church. I'm coming back to get a people. I'm coming back to those that have my name. Paul said, we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And then he said this, so knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. He said, In other words, he's saying everything I do for the church, I do it with this thought in the back of my head. Everyone I'm preaching to will stand before Jesus one day. Every word, Brother Larry, that we bring across this pulpit, every soul has got to stand before Jesus. And I don't get to stand with them. And your husband or wife won't stand with you. You won't stand with your kids. You're going to stand on your own in front of the Lord God Almighty. Don't you want your kids to be ready for that? Don't you want to be ready for that? I want to be ready to meet the Lord. I don't want things so simple, trivial, to make me stumble. We've got to do more than just get people right for earth. We've got to get them right for heaven. So many people doing so many good things. I know that people can be good and do such tremendous things on this earth. And, man, that's awesome. But what does that even mean if you miss heaven? I don't want to go to hell with a suitcase full of good works. I don't want to go to hell with a good name. I want to go to heaven. I don't care if nobody knows my name. I want to go to heaven. I got to hurry, I know. The second Timothy, in chapter 3, second Timothy in 3, in verse 1, he's given Timothy some instruction. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent or have no self-control, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You see, that that last little phrase right there has, has always intrigued me because he didn't say lovers of pleasure and not lovers of God. They just love pleasure more than they love God. And that's where they fool themselves. Because they have tricked themselves into believing that just because I say I love God means I'm all right with God. He said, but they love their trips or they love their habit or they love 
you know, their, their sport or they love their hobby more than they love God. When we talk to people more about politics or sports or the news more than we talk about God, everyone you're talking to is going to stand before the Lord one day. Every one of us is going to know that he has returned. We've got to get ready for the Lord. In verse 13, he said, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue in the things which you have learned, have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. Listen, he said there are going to be people in that day trying to trip you up, trying to pull you away from the truth of God's word, trying to pull you out of service and discipleship with him, just trying to get you into their world. Just do what I do. Just hang out with me. Just go here. Just do that. Deceiving you, though. So there's somebody that's good at deception. Let me tell you, when this world gets worse and worse, when evil men and seducers get worse and worse, it's going to be harder and harder. Even the scripture says that except the days were shortened, the very elect should be deceived. But if your heart's right, well, I'm scared to death now. Am I going to make it? He said, listen, there's an answer. Continue in the things you've learned and been assured of. Don't you let nobody talk you out of serving God. Don't you let nobody talk you out of your consecration to the Lord. Don't you let nobody move you away from the word that God put in your heart, convicted you of, showed you that this is what you ought to do. Don't let nobody push you away from that. He said, and from a child you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness that the man of God may be perfect or complete, thoroughly furnished unto good works. That's, we've got a word. We've got scripture. We've got something to keep us and protect us. Listen, we're going to make it. We're going to wear a crown. We're going to get that robe. We're going to be ready one day, but it's only going to happen if we stay in this word. The answer for the world is the word. And I'm not just saying for the world so they can be saved, but to keep you away from the world. Love not the world, neither love the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. He said, it's not of the Father. It's not of God. That's not, he said, but if, if that which you've heard from the beginning shall remain in you, then you shall continue. I want to continue on. I want to be ready to meet the Lord when he comes. All scripture. He said all scripture is given by inspiration. Every scripture. Not just the scriptures about signs and miracles. Not just the scriptures about slaying giants and tearing down walls. But the scripture about his return was given by inspiration and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction. You shouldn't be doing that. Jesus is coming. 
Yeah, you can use that. Hey, you shouldn't lie. Why? Because Jesus is coming. Well, so? What's he going to do? All liars shall have their part in the lake that burneth with fire. Oh, yeah. All scripture is given. And even, oh, we love salvation, Holy Ghost, healing, miracles, Red Seas opening up, manna, water out of the rock. Yeah, that's great. You know what's better than that? He's coming again. And you know what's just as real as any of that? If you believe that David killed that giant with that rock, praise God, I believe it too. I also believe that Jesus is coming like a thief in the night. I also believe that Jesus is coming back, Brother Larry, like a thief in the night. And I want to make sure I'm ready. Honey, come on to the music. I'm going to, I'm going to bring it on in. You do not have to be afraid of this event. I remember years ago hearing someone, they had been watching this preacher on TV, and he was talking about Jesus coming back, talking about the rapture of the church. You know, that got real big in the late 70s, first of the 80s. Boy, people was really talking about 88 reasons why he'll come back in 88 and things like that. They were really looking for the coming of the Lord, and people were afraid. They were afraid of that, but we don't have to be afraid. If you are scared, I mean scared of the return of the Lord, you've got to know that means you need to find an altar somewhere. If it terrifies you to think that Jesus could come back in the next few minutes, you really need to find a place to pray. Jesus said this about his going and coming. Let not your heart be troubled. It's John 14. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Why would he tell us that? He said in, if it were not so, I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I need no other assurance than that to know that Jesus is coming again. And receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. It's his plan to come again. But it's also his plan and his desire for us to be ready. Because he's not going to be, you know, sometimes an airplane will have to circle. Got to circle. He's not going to circle, waiting on folks to get it right. It's going to be a sound of a trumpet. And it says, in the moment and the twinkling of an eye. One place it says, like lightning. Shooting from one side of the sky to the other. That's how, how fast it's going to be. But don't let your heart be troubled. Stand with me. Paul also wrote to Timothy, which this is, goes right along with our song, with the last song that the choir sang. In 2 Timothy 4 and verse 6, Paul said, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Now he knew he was about to die physically be gone but like I said 
dead or alive, you got to be ready. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Our testimony, alive or dead, can be that, that I am now ready. And that there is a crown of righteousness which the Lord's going to give us if we love his appearing. It makes some people nervous when, when people will say, Well, oh, I just wish the Lord would come today. It makes people uneasy. I wish the Lord would just come back right now. The multitude of thoughts that go through people's heads. Am I ready? If you're not careful, you can get caught up on things like, I've actually heard people say, I don't want the Lord to come back yet. My kids haven't graduated college. I spent all that money. I'd like to see them graduate. How about go to heaven? That's graduation. Hey, young people, don't ever make that silly statement. Oh, Lord, don't come yet. I ain't got married. So what? When you get there, they're neither married nor given in marriage. What I'm trying to say is there's nothing wrong with any of those things here. Just don't let them get in front of you loving His appearing. There's nothing wrong with, hey, enjoying your work, enjoying your home, enjoying your family. Get educated. Go on trips if you can afford it. But I am begging you. I am pleading with you today. Do not let anything get in front of you loving His appearance. Because He is coming again. In Mark 13 and 37, Jesus makes a statement for the whole world. Peter and James, John and Andrew, just those four, had pulled Jesus aside and said, what's going to be the sign of your coming? He goes through the whole thing and lets them know. And then he looks at them and he says, if what I say unto you, my closest followers, I say to all, watch. The word watch there translates to Awaken, be vigilant, to stay awake. So when he's telling you and I to watch, wake up, be vigilant. You know what that means? Keep an eye on things. Make sure things are in order. Make sure things are ready. Make sure you're praying. Make sure you're studying. Make sure you're talking to God. Make sure you're living right. Make sure you're ready for that thief in the night. While she's playing, I want to open this altar. And as you're coming, I want you to, someone wants to make preparations for that today. 
you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, there's water in the tank today. Jesus said, except we are born of water and the Spirit, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I sure don't want Him to show up and me not be ready with my sins washed away in His name without the Holy Ghost living inside of me. Let's come find a place and pray. Let's make our preparations today. Let's get ourselves ready for the coming of the Lord. Jesus is coming, church. He's coming. You can't change it. I can't change it. We can't delay it. Jesus is coming again. Let's get ready for it. Would you come pray this morning? again but I'm going to ask you to do something I want you to let out a travail and an intercession for someone you know I'm not telling you to be judgmental I'm talking about somebody you know needs to be making themselves ready it is too important church and maybe we can touch heaven today for somebody and they'll turn their heart back to God or get themselves ready but I need you to start lifting up a groan I need you to start lifting up your voice (laughs) Let the Holy Ghost begin to intercede for somebody in this house. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back. We can't just ignore this word. You can't ignore the word of God. You gotta get ready. He's coming. Come on, lift your voice. Come on, somebody. Cry out for your loved ones. Cry out for yourself.
Just keep your hands lifted to the Lord for another moment. The Spirit of the Lord's moving in this house. somebody make that choice today I'm going to serve you God I'm getting everything out of the way I'm not letting anything keep me from being ready for that day thank you Jesus hallelujah Let a holy roar go up before the Lord in this place. Lift your voices. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Who are you crying out for? Who are you believing God for today?
you, Lord, we praise you. The Apostle Peter said this concerning the Lord's coming, that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He's not slack concerning his promise of returning, and he's not slack concerning his promise for us being able to go. When the church was birthed, Jesus had ascended and the church was now under the anointing of the Holy Ghost that had just been poured out on the day of Pentecost. Peter preached to devout men from every nation. And he told them that all this house of Israel know assuredly that this same Jesus that you have crucified is both Lord and Christ. And when they realized the error they had made, it said they asked the question, men and brethren, what shall we do? How are we going to get ready now? How can we be ready for the Lord now that we've done this? And Peter said, repent every one of you and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Is that important? Yes, it is because Jesus told us that we're born of water and spirit. We cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The apostle wrote that if that same spirit that raised Jesus up dwell in you, then it will raise us up too. And then Peter went on to say, for the promise. See, Jesus was given a promise right there. Through the man of God that was preaching, he was letting them know the promise is unto you and to your children and all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. That you have the ability to get ready because he's coming again. I'm telling you today this for a reason because I, I have no agenda. I don't get paid any extra for preaching this. God's not putting an extra star in my crown for this. I'm telling you today that we all got to stand before him and we all got to make heaven and we all want to leave this earth. If you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, if you believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead for your sins, if you believe that, then you need to repent, say, God, I'm going to turn my life to you and you need to be buried in that water in the name of Jesus. That's the truth. Ephesians 4 and 5 says there is one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And so I'm just preaching to the book today. And then he said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Jesus cried out in the book of John and he said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me. And I'll give him that living water. It'll be like water springing up inside of him. He said, but this was the Holy Ghost, but it wasn't given yet. 
He said, but those that believe on him should receive it. You do your part, he'll do his part. And we'll be ready to meet him one day in the air. Don't live another day without that ringing. I hope, I hope that this message haunts every one of us. That every day we wake up, that we, we just hear the words, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Amen. Come on, give him a hand clap and shout in this house. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you for your presence today, Lord. Let's bow our heads and pray. and We'll be dismissed in this prayer. Lord, search our hearts today. Prepare us, God, for your kingdom. Lord, I pray today that myself, first and foremost myself, will do all that I need to do to make myself ready to be the pastor that I need to be for this church. And, Lord, and I pray for our people. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that they will examine themselves, see whether or not they're in the faith, make any corrections they need to make, lay aside weight and sin, and get themselves ready for that great day of the Lord. Keep us, Lord, in the fear of you. Keep us mindful of your return. We ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We ask it in Jesus' name. Give him a hand clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. He's coming back. Don't you want to be ready? Are you ready to go? Aren't you glad? He's coming back. He's coming back. One day we're going to leave this world. Hallelujah. One day we're going to leave this old world. I believe that the Lord has touched people that we prayed for. I believe God's touched people in this house. We're going to see a great revival, church. Let's believe it. Let's get ready for it. Encourage one another with these words. God bless you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Celebrate with somebody.
I can't sing. I'm too out of breath. But I like that. We'll sing and shout and dance about. When we get over yonder, sing and shout and dance about. When we get over oh, yonder, we'll sing and shout and dance about. When we get over yonder, oh, when we have a time. song y'all used to sing about I shall wear a robe and a crown Woo! I'll put you on the spot now Marching, therefore you know not the day when the Lord shall call your soul away if you're fighting striving for the right you shall wear a robe and crown therefore you know not the day when the
somebody praise him. I want you to look at somebody and say, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. You're going to make it. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Now you see how good this is? It ain't a drop in a bucket compared to what it's going to be. When we get over there and get that robe and crown. Dancing with the angels. Dancing around with Jesus. Dancing with our loved ones. Come on, somebody. I made it. I made it. Oh, my, 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 my. Hallelujah. lift your hands one more time. Just lift a voice and a joyful noise to the Lord. Just make a joyful noise unto your God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.